Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. And what's up, SCS Nation? Welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And yet another amazing panel. We've mixed it up, trying to get as much reaction to uh, the current justice for Dan Markell, uh, the ongoing campaign for that, and the current situation with Donna Adelson. Um, Jared Ross, who I'm about to introduce, has weighed in on some of my interview with Dan Rashbaum, but Julia Janae and Dr. Hamilton out of the UK have yet to do that. So uh, we're going to talk in a moment about the hearing as well as um, some of the just the latest news revolving around that. Before we get to that, I'm a man overcoming both COVID and influenza. And yesterday we aired an audio version of Don Adelson's hearing. Today we have a uh, shortened video version. But yesterday, uh, again, we aired an audio version. And in my COVID post brain fog, I completely forgot to attribute that to the shaming of Jay. So you can see the banner down there. Shout out to the shaming of Jay. Check out his YouTube channel. He's doing really interesting work um, in terms of covering trials. And he had the Zoom and he was gracious enough to give it to us. And I completely punted the ball and uh, did not properly attribute it. And I hate doing that. Uh, especially um, because I know there's some sensitivities in the community and uh, people should always be transparent. Uh, Julia knows this. And as a former journalist, I always like to attribute and source material. So that came from the shaming of Jay. So thank you. And by the way, Jay is now digging out of 10 inches of snow on Long Island. I told him, hey, I miss the snow a little bit. He says he absolutely hates it. I said, move to Miami. And he said he's working on it. So that's where we stand. In a moment, Jared knows what I'm talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about Donna's hearing in court yesterday. We now have a trial date. But first, best guest, Dr. Melissa Hamilton. She's got five letters after her name, J-D-P-H-D. She is a professor of law and criminal justice at the University of Surrey School of Law in the United Kingdom. Someone said, hey, I don't give England a shout out. What do I know? I'm always shouting out the UK, but specifically England. Here you go. Shout out to England uh, as well. Julia Janae. She is a legal correspondent for Court TV, where she covers some of the most riveting trials in the nation. She's not a one. She's not a two. She is a three-time Emmy Award recipient uh, for investigative reports and uh she covered the Charlie Adelson trial and is, uh, in my opinion, I don't want to upset anyone like Matt Johnson, but Julia Janae is probably the best field reporter Court TV has to offer uh, for Court TV. Uh, Jared Ross, the man who a lot of people say looks familiar. Jared, maybe you should be doing commercials, man. I think you, should, you have a future in, in uh, commercials. He is a high school acquaintance of Charlie Adelson. He graduated with Charlie back in 1995. One is uh, a working lobbyist with a law degree. The other is working in Wakulla, the state prison now. Um, it's interesting how paths can converge and then diverge. Uh, he was also a longtime friend of uh, both Danny Markell and Wendy Adelson. Not so much friends with Wendy anymore. He is a two-time graduate of Florida State University, having earned both his bachelor's and 
law degree from FSU. Like I said, he is a lobbyist now, and uh, I have to throw in the fact that he is a native New Jerseyan. Shout out to Marlboro, uh, New Jersey. So, uh, Dr. Hamilton, to you, um, out of the gates, they have set a trial date here uh, for September 30th. Um, What's interesting about that, um, I got a a text message um, from Danny's father, Phil Markell. Actually, he was He's such a nice guy that he actually sent me a text message to congratulate us on reaching 100,000 subscribers. That is the kind of guy he is, by the way. Totally unsolicited, just shot me um, a text, and we were talking back and forth. Um, Dr. Hamilton, this trial date for uh, both the defendant and the victim's family, who are both somewhat observant Jews, is actually going to fall right in the middle of the holiest Jewish holidays of the year, um, what about this trial date of September 30th? Is it sooner or later than you expected? <laughs> uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, so things are, I think, slightly different here in terms of often for a murder trial, it would be years and years after the person was arrested. Um, here, it's uh, quite different just because uh, there have been a number of trials before um, and it appears that Donna wants a quicker trial. So, um, it, in fact, there were some expectations that the trial date would be even earlier. So, um, well within expectations of how um, of when it should be. So, I don't think necessarily any big surprise. Uh, the judge has been on the case obviously before with the Charlie, so he's on board. Um, one of the defense counsel has been through was you know Charlie's attorney. So you've got. Unlike a lot of times other trials, um, a lot of people are already up to speed on this. Uh, Jared Ross, you see here from Jared Tessis, from one Jared to another, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Dan Markell's birthday, uh, all during the trial. I, I don't think Judge Stephen Everett was probably even considering this, but um, do you think they'll alter the date a little bit? Because I mean, these are the holiest Jewish holidays of the year, and I think it literally falls Right, there's a 10-day period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and I think it starts right in the middle of that, which is considered, you know, a time where you're supposed to be, uh, you know, repentant and uh, you know, a spiritual state. Um, do you think they're going to mess around with that time frame because of that? It, it's very possible that they do. Um, you know, I didn't even think about that until you just said it, uh, and, and then I remembered Rosh Hashanah begins, I believe, sundown on October second. So. You'd basically be ending that first week of the trial running into Rosh Hashanah. Um, and I think you could probably pick it up. Um, you know, t- typically it's the first couple days where where you're really observant of Rosh Hashanah. And then you could pick it up through Yom Kippur, which is a little bit, you know, about 10 days later. Um, so I, I think that they may alter it a little uh, and try and work around a little bit. But at, at the same time, uh it really just depends on on how the court docket looks. Um, I think people really want to get to this trial and they want to get it taken care of. Um, so I think it's definitely a consideration. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be ironic if the verdict was on October 9th, which is Danny's birthday? Wow. That would be insane if it went that quick. And then I could awesome. celebrate October 10th, which is my birthday. So <laughs> there you go. I'll keep that one in mind. I'll make sure to have you on. But the last trial, I think, was eight <laughs> days. So 
the timing yeah. is almost uh, exact with that. Um, nine Helen MC here. Loved watching the COE show earlier today. We need more of those. Uh, what you're seeing with me is less of a burden on my shoulders. The COE, she can't help it. She's got news in her blood, and uh, she is uh, doing a f- some shows. Uh, probably going to try to do uh, – Look at this. She's already plugging her next show, covering Michelle Traconis next week. For those who don't know, the COE was a CBS News correspondent and also for the fledgling News Nation uh, channel. She worked there as well, and um, she has news in her blood. And um, this morning she said, who's Lori Vallow? Did a show on Lori Vallow. I'm just kidding. She sort of knew who Lori Vallow was. But anyway, we have different styles. We approach things differently. But um, she is unique in her own way. I'll be getting hate mail about that from everyone in a moment. Julia Janae, um, September 30th. It's a date. You're going to have to start booking your travel plans soon. I'm sure you're going to be covering Donna as well in Tallahassee. Uh, does that date come as a surprise? Some people were saying as soon as April. Uh, we know Donna wants this done yesterday. Um, does this sound on target with what you were expecting? I was one of those people, Joel. I was one of the ones reporting that we likely could see a spring trial date because at that first hearing where Donna Adelson was inside of the courtroom, her then attorney, before she changed over to Daniel Rashbaum, was saying, Judge, we want something as quick as possible. As soon as we get discovery, we want it soon. And so that was December. So you got the sense that if they had their status hearing, which at the time was scheduled for January 9th, taken care of, that in the next three months after that, something like April, we could be seeing a trial. I I didn't feel the sense of urgency now that Daniel is her attorney. And in those last two hearings where he has been um, in control of how things are moving, I didn't feel that same We've got to get this going soon. So I was surprised at September 30th. And I do agree that if perhaps if Judge Everett uh, moves it around, it'll be because, as he mentioned, the chief judge in their area is still moving judges around for civil trials. So uh, maybe we'll see one that's exactly one year after Charlie Adelson's trial. Julie, I don't know if I misunderstood because I was uh, listening yesterday, but did Judge Ever, do you know, did he say that even though there are going to be, you know, the chief judge is going to be reassigning people, that he still will be presiding either way? Is that what he said? He did say he will still be over this trial, but he doesn't know what his trial schedule will look like because he may be on more civil trials. He may have other trials that he's assigned to, but he did say that he is still going to be presiding. And, and Jared Adelson, can you give us a little more uh, color on that? Um, is this... Um, I assume this happens in most districts and jurisdictions, but in Tallahassee, this this new chief judge, whoever he is, is going to be reassigning all these judges. Uh, Will that potentially, as Julie was just saying, have some sort of impact? It could. uh, And and that is typical. Um, They they tend to shuffle the 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 areas that judges work on. If you remember uh, in Katie's trial, her second trial, it was Judge Wheeler, uh, Judge Rob Wheeler, who handled the case. Uh, And then he was transferred out of criminal into another area. Um, And so that's why he he originally was going to handle Charlie's case. And then it was shifted to Judge Everett. So it's typical. Um, I think now that they've set the dates, 
uh, unless they do want to shuffle it for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that they would probably work around that for Judge Everett's other docket. Um, that's one of the benefits of being a judge is you can, you know, kind of make your own schedule. Um, but I, I do think uh, I do think that him keeping the case, the other cases that he's handling would probably have to work around this one. Um, there we go. I was just going to say hi to Asian American Legal Focus. She's been covering this uh, case from the beginning. She's an OG. Shout out to Judy Tsang. I'd like to hear Jared speak again about the stock the bar party and whether he thinks Wendy really was asked to get bullet, which was he also invited to the party? Jared, please address both those and we'll get back to Dr. Hamilton. And by the way, Asian American Legal Focus reminds me, put those triple Q's in caps. Um, you know, we've talked about so much of this. And so if you guys have questions, today is your day to ask our esteemed panel. But Jared, have at this question. So uh, I have seen evidence that there was a stock the bar party. I've seen an invitation um, that actually mentioned bullet bourbon to begin with. Uh, I was not invited to the party. The the couple that was getting or that was engaged that the party was for, I did not know them. Um, I, I've kind of looked and, and talked to some folks that do know them that said that there was a stock the bar party that night. Um, but I don't have any reason to believe that that there wasn't. And, uh, but I, uh, sadly I was not invited to the stock, the bar party though. I did just get back from a meeting talking about alcohol. So there's that. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say what Jared does for a living unless he wants <laughs> to let you know, but I was, lo I was lobbying for alcohol. So yeah, he is an alcohol lobbyist. What a job. What a job. <laughs> uh, Annie K here. Uh, Dr. Hamilton, um, this is a little more premature than I expected, but I promise I'm taking these questions today. Does the panel, meaning you, uh, see a scenario in which anyone at this point flips on Wendy? And I'll preface it by saying, you know, there have been some uh, recorded jailhouse calls where it doesn't seem like Donna, neither Donna nor Charlie are too pleased with her. But what do you think? Uh, I kind of think not just because I don't see the value to them. Um, it appears that um, from the prosecutor's perspective, Wendy is not one of the top people they're after. So I'm not sure they give a lot for that. But I actually am more likely to believe that Wendy will flip on them. Um, and mm -hmm. that because, you know, for her perspective, yes, it's family and all, but she has two young children. So she has a motivation an additional motivation that they don't have that she wants to stay in the community. So I think it um, is more likely that if she is, becomes indicted is that she would flip on them. Uh, by the way, of all the hate mail I received, which is plenty buckets since I've started, um, this one hurts the most. It's not really hate mail, but look at this. COE is the better host. Um, <laughs> that really, really hurts. Uh, followed here by love seeing the COE breaking out. We're all rooting for the COE. Uh, mainly me, because like I said, it's taking the pressure off my shoulders, but never say she's better than me again, please. Thank you. And always uh, remember, Joel, happy wife equals happy life. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Look at this. Julia is a huge asset in the world of true crime. She is amazing. Uh, very, very level-headed. Hey, let me tell you something, because I used to report, it's not as easy as it looks. Even talking up here is not as easy as it looks. And uh, Julia makes it look really easy and always covers all the points. And my friend Vinny Politan, who I absolutely love, and wrote a blurb for my book. Vinny's a character, so he throws wild stuff your way. So you've got to be uh, 
on your toes with his facial expressions and uh, his gestures. And uh, Julia's always Told looking to. like, yeah, she's Julia's. She she knows how to handle my man Vinny. Um, what about what about you, Julia? Do you agree? Uh, this is interesting that maybe Wendy is the most likely to turn on the two of them as opposed to Donna or Charlie on Wendy. Mm, so I had a different take on those calls than most of my colleagues. And sounds like possibly you, Joel, where they are they're acting like she sent a text and that she doesn't care about them. And she is saying that it's not her fault. She's not involved. And they're wondering why she didn't call to check on Charlie after the verdict and all of these um, different things. My take on that back and forth was that this could be a ploy of sorts where they are, they have these calls that they know are recorded. They recognize that they're being recorded and they want to again emphasize that Wendy is separate from us. Whatever you do, don't go after Wendy. Look at this text message we got from her where she's saying she doesn't have anything to do with it and she's not even caring about us. I'm, I may be the minority in that belief that perhaps they are still trying to protect her. Um, so I think with them, if they are still going out of their way, even after the one conviction and now the arrest of Donna to still protect her. I don't know if I see a scenario unless there's some new evidence that the prosecution can use to go after Wendy. Perhaps she would flip on Charlie. I don't see her flipping on her mother. Jared, since we're uh, on the topic, what's your take here? Yeah, I, I tend to agree that I don't necessarily see anyone flipping on anyone at this point. Um, however, going back to the the scenario where Wendy would flip, I, I do think Wendy is into self-preservation at this point, and she is going to do everything she can to remain uh, a free person with those kids and to control their lives as much as she can and control the narrative that they've built as much as she can. Uh, and if that included flipping on on someone uh then then maybe she would i just don't think it's necessary at this point i i don't think that georgia or jack campbell for that matter have the motivation to cut a deal with someone like wendy because they don't necessarily need her uh we saw they didn't need her to flip to convict charlie they're not going to need her to flip to convict uh donna and I, I just think that they'd rather keep it out there to continue to look at ways where they could potentially prosecute her. And if she flips and goes state's evidence, then they'd have to make a deal with her. And that deal would likely include full immunity and her never being prosecuted if if the evidence is there. Uh, Jared, it was just yesterday I was getting hate mail for uh, going on uh, divergent tangents. But I'm looking, is that a football over your left shoulder? Yeah, I have a uh, Bobby Bowden signed football. And then I also have a FSU signed helmet by one of the teams from the uh, mid two thousands. One of our not so good teams, but these are the things that I that, that I think about. This is how my brain works. Do you think that there is a single office in Tallahassee that does not have some sort of FSU football paraphernalia in that office? There's a lot of Gators here in Tallahassee, especially ooh, in the lobby, ooh. in the lobby core, and the and the. Uh, and the attorney. So like, you know, our friend, Tim Jansen, he's a Gator. So he yeah. probably, although he may, he may have something FSU related as well, considering he represented Jameis Winston. 
Uh, Jared, since I'm shameless, uh, I'm going to ask you to take me to an FSU game. Never been before. My you got life. it. Yeah, I want to go this year. Okay. Uh, Dr. Do. Hamilton uh, from Welford 42. This is Dr. Melissa Hamilton to you. Uh, would we see the sort of investment in surveillance and wiretapping in a murder conspiracy in the UK as they committed to, in this case, here in Tallahassee? <laughs> Uh, it all depends on the circumstances. So just like every jurisdiction, there are limited resources. They apply their resources to cases that are high profile, um, and there's a reason to. So um, is it possible? Yes, but you know, selectively, just as here. Hmm. Um, back to Jared on this one. Uh, this one makes me nervous. Justice for all 65. Although Wendy doesn't watch or listen to anything uh weird emoji face i guarantee she watches joel's podcast every day your day will come wendy justice for dan do you think she's watching and i'm not trying to like you know beat my own drum but you think she's watching any of these podcasts do you think she's watching any of these shows do you think she's tuned into this stuff well i'm sure we're you know someone probably has already asked the question and or we'll get it later since we've talked about it a lot is whether or not Wendy has unfriended me on Facebook <laughs> and she has, which makes me think she absolutely is paying attention to uh, these podcasts and other social media. Um, and if not her, somebody in her circle is, but uh, literally the day after we, uh, Tim and I were on to discuss uh, the, the, the interview that you did with, with rash bomb, she unfriended me on Facebook. So mm. she's paying attention. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, Wendy, don't play too close attention because bad things happen uh, in your family. And I don't want them to happen to me. Um, did I call Jared, Jared Adelson instead of Jared Ross? I think that's what happened. You, oh, I you did. I just let it go though. Oh yeah. Look, yes. Everyone's making fun. Of <laughs> look, I had told you I've co I'm on a COVID <laughs> fog. I'm in the COVID fog of war. Um, Julia, uh, one of the other, you know, big issues and we'll, we'll play. And by the way, I'm waiting for the COE to put up some of this Dan Rashbaum stuff. So I know she's working on that. But um, Judge Everett asked, and I'm going to play some of this hearing from yesterday, but basically asked if uh, either side um, is planning on uh, working out some sort of plea deal and uh, across the board, defense and state, nothing, nothing offered. Uh, what does that tell us at this juncture, Julia? Is that a definitive no or is that something that can change oh well, it was a moment that even though it's standard procedure for a judge to ask that depending on the judge uh we were all leaning forward to see is is there anything any hint and i did write down the prosecutor said not that i know of but if something changes we'll let you know which almost sounds like the same answer we got after the conviction of charlie adelson when we asked directly is Donna Adelson next? And they said, not no plans at this time or not. If, if something could change, stay tuned. Yeah. So stay tuned. I, I don't think it's cemented in stone. Yeah. But at this stage, it doesn't seem like anyone is talking to each other about a plea offer. It, and last time it was stay tuned, it was literally a week later that Donna gets uh, scooped up at the airport. By the way, Julia, again, I'm going off on a tangent, so please send the hate mail. Do you know, is Court TV covering the Cain Velasquez trial? He's the former UFC heavyweight champ um, whose child was being sexually abused, and he went after the uh, perpetrator. Do you know if you're covering that? 
not we you have personally, been following that one. We have been doing segments on it since it happened. Um, a lot of our viewers are very interested um, in what will happen in a case like that. Is it considered vigilante justice or how it's going to unfold? So we are paying attention to it um, and we'll bring everything that we can to our viewers on it. And just a quick note on that. Tomorrow, Shanna Gardner, by the way, is back in court. So Tim Jansen is joining me at 845 in the morning uh, to do live analysis of her hearing tomorrow. And then tomorrow at five o'clock, we've got two brand new Jacksonville attorneys discussing the Shanna Gardner case. And then Thursday, we are pivoting to uh, Kane Velasquez and Jody Plowshay is joining us. His father murdered his own sexual perpetrator, uh, his karate teacher, as news cameras were rolling in 1984. It is still believed to be the most widely seen murder ever on television. It is on the YouTube, and uh, he's coming on. He's a very good guy, very eloquent. His dad recently passed away, but his dad uh, just got time served, did not have to. Uh, there was such an outpouring of sympathy in that case that he did not serve time so we'll see how that plays out uh here as well um jared back to you on this i take such this is from janice mcdowell i take such comfort in knowing that wendy is living in misery sorry wendy if you're watching this every uh every day wondering if today is the day afraid to talk on the phone restaurants etc what do you think her life has become i mean i, I know she unfriended you uh since the show was out there but what has her life become man she's fallen so far I cannot imagine it is a comfortable existence. Um, it's it's probably there, there's probably a lot of looking over your shoulder, probably a lot of wondering what is my tomorrow going to be like. I, I think we all we we all try and live in the moment and all try and enjoy life a, as it is. I can't imagine that she's enjoying life the way that most of us do. Just wondering what is what's tomorrow going to bring? It, you know, she's already seen her brother get arrested and convicted of murder. She has seen her mom get arrested uh, on the jetway, getting ready to board a plane. She's got to be wondering when you know when are they coming for me? And it's it's not a comfortable existence. Uh, can't cannot be, uh, Doctor Hamilton. You want to weigh in on that? Do you? What do you think is going on with her? Um, it's got to be an eerie feeling, one you don't know about, but you've studied where you know uh, that you're being watched and that your moves are being checked out and that any day could be the day. Yeah, so she must be living in a state of generalized anxiety, just the fear of the unknown um, and that the, ne the next shoe can drop at any time. Her life has been substantially affected. Her Child's children's uh, father has been murdered. Her brother is in prison. Her mother's being prosecuted, and everybody or a lot of people are coming after her. So life must be very unstable. Um, and in the midst of that, uh, she must be trying um, pretty hard to try to keep her children's lives as normal as possible. Um, so yet yeah, she cannot be or hard to believe that she can have any semblance of happiness. Um, just as a general rule, as what she's in a state of waiting, I'm sure, of what will next happen. And there's no real end to that since there's no statute of limitations. Wendy, one thing I could definitely help you with is generalized anxiety. I know all about it. I can uh, debrief you. I can fill you in and I can tell you what it's like. But uh, if I was in your position, 
it wouldn't it would be generalized it would be very specific and i'd be freaking out um back to Ju julia's like who is this guy uh rosemary romero here um looking forward to donna's trial can't wait to see wendy get arrested right after she testifies can't wait to see her arrogant smile wipe from her face believing she won't be arrested so julia i don't have to tell you um you know there is a vitriol out there towards the entire adelson family uh do you see this playing out in a similar fashion do you think um georgia and the state are so meticulous that they're just going one at a time here and that the next domino to fall shoot a drop whatever cliche you want to use will be wendy um do you see that and that quickly as it was with donna after charlie they are meticulous that would be the natural flow of events because that would be the next most culpable person there, there's not a lot less mention of harvey in the evidence that the prosecution has compared to what they have on wendy it's such an awkward situation where we have her coming in and testifying trial after trial after trial despite the fact that there's this cloud of suspicion over her and they're bringing in other witnesses to insinuate that she knew that she had involvement and she has this immunity so i think her situation is very much different than her brothers and her mothers because they never spoke to the police they never came in and testified they've always avoided law enforcement so as the uh, commenter mentioned it, it, she does have a look when she comes in it's one of almost this blissful ignorance that i can't tell you about that because i don't know about it and it, she's come in each time she said her spill it sounds nearly the exact same each time it, will she have to do it again with her mother on trial probably but will she then be arrested i think it's a much less likely much more less likely that that will happen than it did with donna um but not impossible yeah and i i know nothing from nothing as i always say i'm not an attorney but uh that sounds fairly accurate to me um dr hamilton uh there are all these different potential conflicts that we're going to talk about in a moment uh but this question here uh because Char uh dan rashbaum was donna and harvey's attorney prior to being charlie's attorney and is back to being donna's attorney so katie's asking if donna was to turn against charlie isn't it true that dan rashbaum is required to resign do you know if that would be the case um they signed waivers so uh what's the answer uh, from a florida ethics perspective i don't know the exact answer to that but it would certainly put him in a very difficult place um mm -hmm. and that's been i've been wondering about that is um, that kind of his having represented Charlie and now her that somewhat can constrain him on what he can do for her to the extent that that does create a conflict. So that's a risk that she was taking. Um, of course, uh, it would be of interest to know or relevant to know what was in the conflict of interest waivers that they made. But uh, that is a, certainly an interesting and unique aspect to the story. And, and yeah, Dr. I, I don't think he, ahead, I don't think he'd be I don't think he would be required to resign um, per the rules. Uh, they have signed waivers. He talked about that when he was on your show a couple of weeks ago. He did make the comment that if one of his uh, clients were to cut a deal to flip on the other, that he would resign because he felt it would put him in just a a, a personal ethical bind. I can't remember exactly what he said, but per the Florida rules of professional conduct. 
as long as he's got the the waivers filed, unless they put something in there, should someone cut a deal, then you're required to. He wouldn't be required to by law or anything like that. And Jared, um, look at this comment. Uh, this is from I had you and and her on back to back, and I'm purposely leaving her name out of it. But she was Charlie's uh, hygienist for years, and she is saying. I know someone who knows Wendy and she's not nervous at all. She said, and I quote, I did nothing terrible. Um, I don't even know how to I mean, wrap what, my head what do we, what do we expect? What would we expect her to say though? Like I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm I, scared. I, I don't I think mean, she talk to me about what, what was your experience with her personality? Cause I'm not a therapist, either are you, but I mean, how would you, if I said, pretend you're a therapist, uh, Jared, how would you diagnose her? And I don't mean an actual real diagnosis, but she seems very, very detached to me from reality. She she was always very well-spoken, very intelligent. Um, she was always someone that was, was good to be around. It, it's funny now that all of this has happened and, and I go back, I'm kind of like an email hoarder. I've got my Gmail account all the way back to when I first started it. And so I can go back and I, I look at stuff and, you know, I found where her and I shared some outlines in law school and things like that. And I, I went through some emails where we had gone back and forth either on holidays or birthdays or things like that. And she always has just a very weird cadence in her emails. And I think that is a little bit of that detachment to where, I think she's always trying to act how people think she's supposed to act as opposed to who she actually is. I don't know that she even knows who she actually is. Yeah, that's a good point. That's and that's it's weird that you you phrase it that way cuz that's exactly how I picture her. Just like uh yeah. uh uh I don't know, like missing um like a synapse there uh with guilt and and responsibility, but um Anna and Rico from reading that right um back to jared on this just because you're were a friend of danny and you know them do you think wendy's boys who now are 13 and 14 have access to the internet and do you think that they can search freely do you think these are smart kids um do you think they know what's going on i'd be shocked if they don't have access to the internet i have a 12 year old uh, almost 13 year old and a nine year old and they are they have free access to the internet. They have it at school. Um, I can't tell you how many times my daughter or my son have come home and said, I Googled you today at school, or, you know, they, they knew something uh, either about my work or something that I had done that they read online because they Googled it. I'm sure they do, uh, whether it be at home or at school. Um, I, I can't imagine that they have not Googled their father to, to find out things it's got to be some awkward conversations at, at the uh, the Adelson residence. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, the net owl uh, to you, Julia. Uh, you know, there were questions prior to Donna's arrest. You know, was the FBI watching her? And it turns out, obviously, they were. Uh, what is keeping Wendy from buying a one-way ticket to Vietnam? Of course, alluding to Donna's own purchase uh, for her and Harvey of a one-way ticket there through Dubai. But um, do you think their eyes on her? Uh, do you think law enforcement is keeping tabs on her to make sure she doesn't flee? Or do you think she could take off right now if she wanted to? You know, I'm torn on that because like you, I was thinking that they were keeping close tabs on everything. I wasn't sure how it all worked, but I knew that 
there must have been something for them to be able to show up at the airport. But then we learned from the affidavit that they were tipped off by friends of Donna Adelson's who they had contacted asking, how's Vietnam this time of year? Where should we stay? And all these details. And these friends thought it was so strange that they decided, because the Adelson's never called them for anything or it was very rare. So they they contacted the authorities about it. So I'm wondering how much of it was that they were monitoring their ticket purchases or that as soon as they got that tip, they were able to mobilize and then at that point start watching them. Uh, but I very much so think that the law enforcement is watching them the best that they can or watching Wendy as well. And it's possible, but I don't know what other than her boys would be keeping her from doing that because that is a very much uh, major life change, not just for her, but for her children. And I think if she's thinking in their best interest, it's still better for them to keep their routine versus uh, leaving on a whim that it's possible. She's probably more so just trying to protect herself legally. Mm. Uh, by the way, um, Bonnie Lee Lopez, who's coming to us from, I think, a snowy Vermont. It is raining in the Northeast, 85 and sunny here. Sorry to rub it in. Um, she said mentor lawyer, shout out to mentor lawyer, good guy. And he is the OG content creator uh, revolving around this case. He has been following it from day one. I said it would, Judy's been around for a very long time, but you know, if I get called out, I'm going to uh, admit my wrong. And uh, mentor has been doing it longer than Judy. Uh, so there you go. Um, back to Dr. Hamilton, uh, Jared, Jared must be an attorney. He's got excellent questions here. Um, Dr. Hamilton, I wonder if Georgia can find evidence that Charlie, as owner of the dental office, also had signing authority on the office checks. By the way, he's got to be a Canadian or a European spelling checks that way. <laughs> I believe an owner does. Then he would not need to tell mommy. Uh, what do you make of that? Is that something that the uh, the Dan Rashbaum was already working on? Well, I think in terms of a bank account, it's not necessarily who owns the business. It's who has the rights on the bank account specifically about being able to sign. So uh, we would have to know a little bit more detail. So in other words, the assumption that just because you're the owner of the business does not mean that you are a proper signatory to a ch checking account. Uh, interesting question here, tossing it right back to Julia. Uh, will Katie Magbanawa be the one person that can bring the last three Adelsons down? Maybe the prosecution will cut her a deal if she testifies. Interesting. It manages. We keep talking about all the flipping within the Adelson family. But what if it's Katie and she manages to convict them all with her testimony? She wasn't a very good witness uh, the last time around. But what do you think about this? Uh, he would be the one. Right. She's the one who is outside of the family, so has no loyalty at this point to any of the Adelsons. And she was intimately close to Charlie Adelson. She'd been in a hot tub with Wendy Adelson and she was driving around in the car uh, from Harvey Adelson. So if there's anybody who could be the most effective witness, because Sigfredo and Luis don't even know uh, the Adelsons, I think we could hear something, but if we heard everything that she has in Charlie's trial, I, I don't know if there's more that she can provide, but there no doubt are conversations happening in the background as to whether or not she's going to get some kind of a 
conviction vacation and get a new sentence because I have been speaking with her attorney and I know she very much wants to be able to reunite with her kids. I mean, it's a very difficult situation for her and everyone that she has left. Her mom passed away while she was behind bars. Yep. And um, a question for you, Julia, from Rosemary Romero. Uh, what did Julia think of Charlie in the courtroom? What, what was your overall impression of him? Oh, a, a big air of confidence up until the verdict. I, I was actually surprised that there were never more moments where he seemed worried, where he seemed pensive about anything. He seemed to be, like we said, about the detachment of Wendy. He seemed to really believe that the jury was not going to come back with a guilty verdict and then it just hit him like a ton of bricks once it was over but he walked around as if he were the other attorney it wasn't until i saw him in handcuffs which was rare because they usually let him come in before the media was able to come in that's when it clicked for you that oh yeah he's going back to jail every day he did not walk around like someone who was in and out in that way yeah um by the way i'm just reading some reports that he's actually um acclimating to uh prison life pretty well so uh we'll see how that goes i mean i i just can't even fathom that but the audience knows that april the april the first april fools uh jared do we think there's any possibility the children here ben and lincoln would be asked questions now that they're teenagers just about what they may have heard over the years maybe um that's a really interesting point i mean could they be question now by law enforcement do you think they have been i, I don't know well they're still minors um so they they still need permission to question them um and it's not like wendy is has been arrested or is convicted um she's still their legal guardian their parent uh i i would highly doubt that they've been questioned at this point um not to mention you know, what, whatever they heard at this point would be hearsay. Um, it's not really anything that they're not going to remember specifically hearing something when they were three or four years old, that would be usable now. And so if they said they overheard a conversation, you'd have to find a hearsay exception to even get that admissible. It, it's not very reliable testimony at this point. Uh, and that's a great point. Dr. Hamilton, do you want to add to that? Yes, from a psychological perspective, um, they were they were very young, and um, police would not rely upon their testimony now because they have heard so much other things that they wouldn't be able to distinguish the truth versus what has been permeating in their brains of the, what they've been listening to. So I just can't imagine that their testimony um, or uh, interview would be at all reliable for police. So. Yeah, would not be worth it. It would tainted is and I don't mean consciously for them, but um, even they won't really know the truth anymore because of um, everything that they've heard and uh, been had access to. Uh, let's make Julia uncomfortable for a moment. Look at this question. Uh, Julia, any funny Vinny stories followed by this one? Uh, Julia. Do you get to pick? You can answer this one. Do you get to pick the trials you cover or go to, or are they assigned? Love you on Court TV. 
uh i so we have an amazing trial tracking team it reminds me of like minority report <laughs> and so that they they are watching the entire country they are looking to see which trials open up which states are camera friendly uh, because there are many states in the u.s that do not allow cameras or it's very rare that they allow cameras in so we've got a running list there are ones that i uh, lobby for to take Jared's job into a firm. <laughs> and um, I, the Adelson trial was one of those because we've been watching it from the beginning in terms of um, court TV coverage when we launched in 2019. And um, we can lobby for the ones that we are most passionate about, but there are so many that we get assigned a lot of our trials. Elena Garcia, shame on you. Vinny has been on STS several times, and uh, not because of me, but he loves Carm. Uh, he says it reminds him of his Italian grandmother. So uh, he comes on. He gave her a huge hug at CrimeCon, and he will definitely be back on. And like I said, he wrote a blurb for my book, so he's going to be inside the cover of my book. And he is uh, a, a real gentleman for doing that, so I appreciate it very much. Um but this question, Jared, for you, I haven't even gotten to the hearing. I'm going to get to that in a moment. If Wendy was supposed to be at that party, uh, the stock the bar party, who was going to watch her boys? It was her night with them. That's a question that comes up fairly often. Have you pondered that, Jared Ross? Being a father myself, I'm sure, uh, you know, we live in a college town. There's a lot of college kids that do babysitting. I'm sure she had a sitter assigned. Um, or a friend who was not necessarily friends with the the part the couple that was having the party. Some I'm sure there was someone to watch the kids. Um, it's you know parents do do get out um, and and do hire babysitters. So I'm sure she had someone. I, I just don't know who it would have been. Uh, Moto eighty eight Julia is great on updating her Twitter during the trial she covers. So I'm always checking her tweets in between her live reports. She's the best. And I'll tell you right now, as a former Thank news guy, you, yeah, there's no um, news travels most quickly via Twitter. So if you want the scoop, you better follow follow Julia Janae. Uh, if you want nonsense, follow me at Podcast SCS. If you want information on uh, alcohol, you follow Jared Ross. That's what's great <laughs> about Twitter. You can follow them all. Let's um, let's watch this uh hearing real quick this family will lie to the end period there you go chrissy bacon but this is judge stephen everett from yesterday this is courtesy of julia's network curtis uh court tv this is an abridged version of yesterday's hearing let's let's watch together one matter that I did want to make sure we had a clear record on has any plea offer been extended to the defense no sir does the state intend to give a plea offer not that i know of but if something changes we'll let them know very well. Has your client wanted to convey any offers to the state? No. And again, everyone knows me well. There's not going to be any prodding or pushing about plea offers or state you making one. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, if Ms. Adelson is to make a knowing, intelligent, and voluntary decision about going to trial, that includes whether or not there is any plea offer to reject or accept. If the state is going to make a plea offer, please notify the defense promptly from there. If the defendant intends to reject it, she will do so. Uh, so that is a portion of the hearing. Uh, Dr. Hamilton, I'm going to put up a picture. This is what Donna looked like at the hearing yesterday in her Zoom booth. 
Um, what jumps out at you about that very short hearing, the whole thing, the, the actual unedited version lasted, I think, under five minutes. But was it the uh, was it the statement that no, uh, there'll, there'll be no plea deals here? What would what stood out to you the most? Yes, I think that's true, um, because you're talking about a first degree murder charge with a. A aged lady, um, so. That's of interest, although at the same time, if you are following this case and you know, or we believe we know some about Donald Adelson, is she stubborn? And so the fact that she's not asking for a plea agreement is not necessarily a surprise in her particular case. Um, I also want to mention just in terms of uh, where she's at, because I was a former corrections officer in Florida um, in local jails, including in the female side of it is where she's being housed while it's you know very different from her normal life is very likely she's being relatively well cared for in terms of um the the places generally for female facilities in local jails um i'm comparing that to state prisons it tends not to be a very violent place uh the women prisoners tend to bond together and form little family units and so, and she will also not be perceived as being a threat or danger to others there. So even though different than her normal life, she's not at high risk of danger and she's probably getting, you know, the necessities of life that she needs. Wow. I always forget that fact about uh, Dr. Hamilton. So she was a corrections officer, a lawyer, and a PhD. That's a lot of ground to cover. And of course, she is in the uh, Leon uh, County Jail. There is Donna once again uh, in that covid mass that i could have used a few weeks ago um julia this is a, a wider broader question here is there additional police video of wendy on the day of the murder in uh, a car and body cam from the officers at the scene restaurant transport to the precinct i imagine we would have seen that but there was a bigger question discussed yesterday do you think that the state still has evidence um against donna specifically that we have not seen uh keeping in mind that they seized uh, some iPhones and, and iPads. Uh, but do you think that they showed all their cards in Charlie's trial? Or is, is there still uh, things that we are going to find out about? I would imagine there are still things that we are going to find out. Uh, we saw more evidence in Charlie's trial than we did in Catherine McBanawa's trial, even though the Adelsons were still front and center in those previous trials they still showed the evidence they tried to show the restaurant uh, recordings uh, so they had the enhanced restaurant recordings they had more text messages in charlie's trial they have everything when it comes to the cell phone data so i would imagine there was going to be more perhaps just between donna and harvey or maybe donna and her friends she said that she consulted friends uh when she called back the undercover agent so maybe it's true maybe she really did consult her friends about what she should do and that gives some some uh, evidence that's going to point to guilt for the state and then the defense may have uh, more evidence they want to put on that never came out during charlie's uh, I always say best guess, better community, and um, this indeed is the best community in all of the YouTube uh, hemisphere and um, around the world on other social media as well. Dr. Hamilton, I wanted to ask you, since you're in the UK, we have so many people here from the UK, from Australia, and now I had a list the other day, Namibia, Kenya, um, 
you know, Argentina. Why do you think that there is this global interest in this case? And you come to us from the UK. Why is it? Uh, so you have this intrigue of uh, family murder for hires, uh, this time, though, um, involving uh, multiple family members. Um, you have, you know, some individuals who are, are the suspects, some of which are higher social class, which is somewhat different. Um, some individuals are, you know, good looking. Um, that is also attractive in terms of uh, people thinking that there is a, you know, a, a singular image of what a criminal is. Um, you have the idea that uh, this, the drama of this keeps going on. So this wasn't just one trial, it's been multiple trials, it's had twists and turns. Um, it's had multiple people, for example, other, my fellow panel members that, you know, are intelligent come from various backgrounds, giving really interesting perspectives. Uh, it's people like you who are keeping a spotlight on it. Uh, it's people like Dan's mother, um, who really resonates, you know, across the board with people about being a grieving victim and then also becoming an advocate and changing the law in Florida. So a lot of things are make this kind of not the quote, ordinary crime, but something special, uh, particularly for those who are attracted to true crime. This has so many interesting and unique twists and, um, and, and still surprises keep happening such as uh, Donna hiring her son's lawyer who didn't win his case. Just every, t yeah, every week we could have a new twist and turn. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are uh, content creators out there. This is, you know, really the only case they talk about because it's got so many tentacles. Uh, it reaches everywhere and we're obviously very heavily focused on it, but we do cover uh, other stuff. Look at this. Everyone keeping me honest from, Mert, I like this name, Mert Birdwater. Uh, Joel, remember, I could name my next dog Mert. No offense, Mert, but I like these kinds of names for my pups. Uh, just name my dog Freddy. Uh, Joel, remember to give a shout out to Mexico today. You have some viewers down here too. Shout out to, how could I forget Mexico? Our neighbors to the south. How could I ever do that? Um, Jared, you know them personally. Uh, do you think Donna believes she'll be going home like Charlie did? Absolutely. Um, the one thing that we've learned about the this family as we, you know, dug in for the last nine, almost 10 years on, on this case is they fully they know what they did, but they believe that they're they're innocent. Um, I don't know if they've completely convinced themselves of that or they think they're just so smart that us yahoos in Tallahassee could never con convict them. Um, you know, we heard them. We heard, we heard Charlie and Donna many, many times disparage Tallahassee. Uh, little known fact um, for the viewers that are that don't live here in Florida, Tallahassee is actually the number one most educated city in Florida. Um, so it, it doesn't, is a doesn't, very, it doesn't take a lot down here in Florida, Jared. And I live hey, in Florida. Hey, hey. But still, no, well, I respect you. Know, but but we're colleges too. But we're, we're home some to Jacksonville native. <laughs> yeah. We're home of two major universities. There's a lot of people that come to Tallahassee, go to school here and stay. Um, you know, Florida State is working toward trying to become an AAU university. So, I mean, it, it, it is a very educated town. Uh, I think we have more lawyers per capita than any other city in the country, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, it is very educated, but they believe that we are 
uh, country bumpkins that will just, you know, not be able to, to keep up with the stories that they tell. But one thing that we, we found out is 12 jurors in Tallahassee were able to figure out that their double extortion layaway theory was nothing more than complete and total made up garbage. Uh, and by the way, some of the coolest people, and I've met a lot of new friends up in Tallahassee as a result of this. I'm going to a football game with Jared. He just invited me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've met a lot of great people in Tallahassee. Super cool city uh, visited, obviously, during Charlie's trial. Um, Boho Hobo, I told everyone this. This is how I knew. Forget 100,000 subscribers. I said to myself, I have made it as a podcaster because Boho Hobo literally. Um, created a song about Wendy Adelson and sent it to me. And she's performing with a guitar and a tambourine, uh, speaking to the public being so intrigued by this case. Well, here's a case in point, but Boho Hobo, I have not received the additional songs. Please email them again. That's critical. Surviving the survivor at gmail.com surviving the survivor at gmail.com. And hopefully the uh, COE uh, can jump in on that as well. Uh, Julia, you, you're, uh, an attorney. How is Donna going to explain, or Dan Rashbaum, I guess, going to explain the jail call where Donna says she wants to try to get out of Dodge or end it all. It's blatant consciousness of guilt. Um, I think the COE decided she's going to take the rest of the night off because I asked her to include that soundbite, which I don't see, but uh, she will have a good reason. Like her computer died or something along those lines. But Julia, uh, what's up with that? It's a great question. It's true that all the legal minds who have been analyzing this say that one way ticket to Vietnam points to consciousness of guilt. But I, if I, we know Daniel Rashbaum, he is going to come up with an excellent explanation. And I think the uniqueness of this trial, because the Adelsons have been under the cloud of suspicion since essentially 2014, but more specifically 2016, and They've seen now she's going to claim her son wrongfully accused, wrongfully convicted, her daughter under a cloud of suspicion. I think more so than with a typical person who just flees after they commit a crime, I think they can argue it's not necessarily just a consciousness of guilt, but it could also be a fear of wrongful prosecution. Um, that will be likely how they spin it, because it is very likely if they believe that Charlie's innocent and should have never been taken away. And the prosecution hasn't been quiet about the fact that they believe Donna was involved, that she washed the money. I don't think it's a stretch for them to say, look, she was just scared that she was going to be hauled away and put in jail for something she didn't do. So she wanted to protect herself. Uh, Blues Clues, uh, we talked about this yesterday as well. The bump really worked to perfection. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to speak to the bump man himself in person. He was he was annoyed because he wasn't he was asked to be very nice. Uh, his typical undercover M.O. is to be a real tough guy. But he was told specifically to be nice to Don. I guess they didn't want her to have a full on cardiac arrest. So uh, that was his issue with it. But uh, the bump was to trigger the guilty ones, Dr. Hamilton, into talking. Everyone talked to each other except Wendy. Wendy does seem to tiptoe around uh, some of the biggest moments in this case that could prove her culpability. What do you think of that? Yes. Uh, so she's the one that, though, compared to the others in our family, seems to be the one that doesn't talk as much. Um, and 
and we've seen her on the stand. Um, you know, she has legal skills because she's a lawyer. She knows about how to use words and how to be quiet when you need to, um, and understands the need to have plausible deniability of involvement. So she has been presenting herself kind of out in the outskirts, but she just does not seem to be as much of a blabbermouth as the others in terms of just being ongoing talkers. So she's been able to exercise more self-control in terms of her uh, conversations with others. Um, Anna Stella here. Uh, Jared, this is to you, and I've uh, somewhat familiar with bits and pieces of this, but not like in its totality. In my understanding, Dan Markell was about to file, and this is probably a great question for uh, Stephen Webster, uh, something on fraud regarding Wendy. Do you know this and how it would have possibly impacted her? Some say that that could have been, uh, I was about to use the wrong word, uh, a motive uh, for this crime. Yeah, as far as I know, there was some question about assets, uh, familial assets, marital assets on whether um, Wendy had lied about her, her uh, marital assets in the mar in the divorce settlement. And Danny had filed a motion to reopen the settlement uh, based on this. Um, you know, there's some concern uh, that had this gone to a hearing and she had been found to have committed fraud upon, upon the court, she could be disbarred. Um, that is one of the things that the, the Supreme Court and the Ethics Commission, they, they don't take fraud upon the court lightly. So had she been found to, to have committed fraud, it very well could have affected her status as an attorney. Um, again, this was a, a fairly nasty divorce, uh, despite, you know, whether... Wendy wants to say that her mom made Danny banana bread or whatever it was that she kept saying at trial. Um, it, I, I think it could have been very, you know, very negative toward her future legal career, um, whether it played a part into the motive of, of what ended up happening. I, I can't say, um, but I do know that that it is true. There was a motion filed in in court. Uh, Rachel Rose, if. Sigfredo owns up and spills the beans. Could his sentence be reduced, Julia Janae, if it nails Donna or Wendy? Love from England. Shout out to England. Um, is he credible at this point? You know, we talked about Katie McBanawa, but could he also be, um, you know, a potential uh, play for the state here? Uh, I don't know if it matters if he's credible or not. I don't think he has enough information on Donna or Wendy. Um, he perhaps could get could have been helpful in Charlie Adelson's trial. He was on the witness list. We were looking for him to potentially take the witness stand in that case. He did not. Um, he does have a second appeal pending and your rate of success goes down every time you appeal. But I don't know that if at this point he'd have he didn't even know who hired them. He just said the lady. Um he knew that there was someone who wanted someone killed, but it's not enough information based on what we know and what has come out of trials that he would be able to be helpful. Uh, the lady. Um, look at this from L.E.M., but I don't want to lose this. I'll just read it out loud. Jared Ross, handsome, intelligent and articulate. Always enjoy seeing him on STS. Is your wife's first name Ellie, Jared? <laughs> it is not. And my wife is actually at the gym right now. So, well, you better make sure she watches the, this one on the replay. She better appreciate what she has. Star Wars geek and all. This guy's a self professed right. Star Wars geek. Um, 
Jared, I'd like you to answer this one here from Road Express. Do you really think Wendy has has to be brought to trial? In my opinion, she's already punished quite hard by seeing her family ripped apart and her name dragged through the dirt. What do you say to that, Jared? I would say that if uh, she had anything to do with the murder of Danny Markell, which, you know, many people believe she did, that, yes, she has to be brought to trial. Um you know, punishment from ostr- you know, being ostracized or your family going to prison is not enough when you have committed a murder. And if she was involved in a conspiracy, then she's as guilty as Sigfredo Garcia, who pulled the trigger, and she absolutely needs to be brought to justice. Mm. Uh, Patricia, very well said. Patricia Happ here. Where's Carm? Carm's childhood friend. This is interesting. Carm has a friend from three weeks old. They were. This is not the friend, but she does have a friend from three weeks old. She's known for 84 years, but this is another friend that she has known since I think they are four or five years old. And I met her when we traveled to see Serbia this summer, and she is in town, and Carm is gallivant. Carm's always super busy, and uh, I got Jared in trouble, so now I'm going to get Julia in trouble with her husband <laughs> from Mark Boz, Baz. Julia has such poise and beauty. Um, can't go a show without a Tim Jansen comment. So I want to play this for, not for you, Jerry, because you've seen this, and I don't know which one of the clips, but I had an interview, uh, Julia and Dr. Hamilton, with Dan Rashbaugh, and I asked him, but I'm not, there's two clips here. I asked him about the so-called hot mic comment where Donna's talking about fleeing and saying that she's getting advice from Dan, a guy named Dan. Let's watch and see if this is the one. If not, I'll play the other one. Speaking to Dan this morning and knowing what they're thinking up there. And I don't know if we'll make it out in time. I really don't. So Dan said, You might, or you might do all of it, get to the airport, and they'll stop. And that could happen. It could happen. I don't know, but it's worth a try. Uh, Dan, I got to say, this doesn't look too good either, what they call a bad fact. Um, from Patreon member Bobby, is it you? Uh, that she's referring to. And did you have prior knowledge of her flight? So uh, I'm going to read what I've written here so I don't screw this up. Um, so because uh, I anticipated this this question would come. Uh, I can't talk about what I said or didn't say uh, because it's privileged. Uh, what I can say um, is that at the time Donna Adelson went to the airport, she was a free woman. What I can say is there was no indictment. To anyone's knowledge, we know now there wasn't one. Um, there was no grand jury that we knew was convened. We know now it wasn't convened till after. Uh, and there was no arrest warrant that was known of. In fact, uh, we know the arrest warrant, I think, was just obtained hours before the flight. Um, uh, again, she had offered to surrender at any point in time from 2016 on. Uh, I know that because I had made uh, that offer. Um, she did nothing wrong by going to the airport. Okay. Now, I cannot tell you what I advised her, what I knew, or what I didn't know. But what I can tell you for certain is that I acted within my ethical obligations. Um, and what I can tell you for certain is that no crimes were committed by her going to the airport. And that's why she wasn't charged with any sort of crimes related to that. Um, that's what I can tell you at this point in time. Dr. Hamilton, what do you make of that? Um, he's a smart guy. He's a smart man, and he's a good attorney. There's a lot of 
uh, legal uh, maneuvering there, I think, the way he was speaking. He actually read a prepared statement. What did you make of that? I made it, it that he was the Dan she was referring to. <laughs> and that's why Dr. Hamilton is the professor breaking it down. Julia, uh, your take on that. He hit the base. Uh, you cannot advise your client to commit a crime. You can't know that they were going to commit a crime. And that's pretty much all the obligation a lawyer has to inform other people of something that is said within privilege. So he's saying she was not committing a crime, which we talked about it, even though it might be used as evidence of consciousness of guilt. Her fleet going, I won't even say fleeing, her going to Vietnam was not a violation of anything that had been made known to her. So he he uh, kept it above board, it sounds like. Uh, Jared, this is an interesting question. Uh, there is a very real possibility, if Charlie doesn't testify, that he's never going to see or speak to his mother again, which is honestly no matter what you think of these people, it is a heartbreaking concept to be torn away from your mother. Um, no matter that, trust me, I'm a mama's boy. Um, what do you think is going on in his head regarding that? He, there is a weird thing about the Adelsons. Like I worry about everything and then some every single day. Like I'm worried about literally everything. Uh, it seems like they don't worry about a lot, but what do you make of this? Oh, I'm sure it's eating him up. Um, we saw in the, I guess, six days between his conviction and his mother's arrest, they spoke for how many hours? I think they said that there were like 35 hours or something like that of, of calls just between them. That That's a lot in a six-day period. I mean, I, I'm you know, I love my mother as well, and, and I call home as often as I can and would like to get down there to see them more often in South Florida, but don't. Uh, but at the end of the day, I couldn't imagine knowing that my, my mother was out there and that I couldn't call her. It would drive me nuts. So I can only imagine for him, who obviously they talk every day beyond, you know, outside of this, this jail and prison uh, situation, he's got to be going nuts. But the one thing that I always go back to is, too bad, so sad, because of his actions, Danny Markell can never speak to his mother again. So I don't feel bad for him. Um, I just know that he's probably going insane. And this is a comment that we always get. You just said it from Janet Warcraft. I couldn't care less if Charlie never sees his mother. Dan Markell will never see his mother or his boys or his father or have a life. Um sad all around nevertheless um i have no idea what this is and i'm going to get made fun of it but what what is this someone to tell me uh joel gad is your bestie followed by gad i have it too is this a um jared is this a millennial word i don't know you're not a millennial but um is this uh something that i'm not everyone's laughing about it and i don't have any idea what it's about usually i, I find no these things out from space coast uh Space Coast is young enough to know all the uh, the hip. Somehow I've become uh, a gen general general anxiety. Disorder. Oh, generalized anxiety disorder. There oh, we someone go. Someone put it in the oh. comments there. Okay. Oh, there we go. That makes sense. Yes, uh, I can safely admit that I have that. It's it's also generalized worrying disorder. Um, can't stop worrying. If anyone has um, a solution for me and can fix that, I will give them. Um, 
a free STS mug if you can solve my generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, there's one more piece of sound here. Oh, thanks. I'm not T-Pain. Um, here is one more piece of sound. I have no idea which one this is at the COE pick. Jared has heard these, but Julia and Dr. Hamilton have not. Let's watch together. We'll get their take. A couple more quick questions and we'll wind it up because these are busy people. Jared's got to get back to lobbying for liquor. Here we go. Appeal to the media. Charlie's defense was uh, very important for us to keep it quiet. Appeal to the media. By the way, this question is I'm asking him why all of a sudden he's doing media. That's what the question is. Charlie's defense was uh, very important for us to keep it quiet. It was very important that uh, that the government not know what his defense was. That was our that was our strategy and it worked. Um, and so we took the position that we were not going to go out in the media. We were not going to advocate our defense. We were going to wait for trial. That, that was our position then. And that's why we acted as we did during Charlie's trial. Obviously, Donna's situation is different because there's already been a trial of an Adelson. Um, and so the situation is different. But it was very important to us for Charlie's defense to, to be one that was uh, – that was revealed at trial. So Julia is basically saying, look, I couldn't talk about Charlie because we wanted to surprise the state with our defense, but now we know it's this double extortion theory. Do you buy that answer? I I buy it to an extent, but I'm wondering, does that mean that Donna Adelson is going to be bringing the exact same defense as her son? We obviously could assume that since she picked the exact same lawyer and that hamstrings her from making certain arguments. Yeah, and he, Dan Rashbaum and so many were, I mean, he basically said that without saying it. Uh, Dr. Hamilton, what about that? Um, what about the fact that she is kind of hamstrung, like Julia just said, into this double extortion theory because she's using the same exact defense attorney? Well, what we don't know, because I understand that Rashbaum is the second attorney, right? Um, not yeah. primary. So it, uh, and I don't know enough about the primary attorney. I'm sure Jared does about That's whether Alex Morris, but I don't know. Jared, do we know if one is above the other? I think that they've been described as co-counsel. Yeah, they made it. They uh, Dan made it pretty clear that they're co-counsel, that one is not the lead over the other. Mm. Yeah. But I think that the um, regardless of that, um, my, I imagine that um, they play it differently in terms of trying to show to the jury this is an old woman motherly grandmotherly camp doesn't possibly look like a person who would be involved in that um which wouldn't have played in charlie's case you know nearly as much and that can um you know there is experience in jury trials where juries can be empathetic to the person they're seeing and they have assumptions often about who a murderer is or who a conspirator is and she does not look like it. So I can imagine that they their playbook can be substantially different on that front. Um, will the defense team, Julia, uh, be able to keep and again, just a couple more questions and I've got to let these fine people go. Will the defense team be able to keep Donna somewhat controlled facial expressions, mouth, et cetera, in her first hearing, Judge Everett? basically told her to pipe down and there are these crazy still photographs with her mouth agape. Uh, it'll make for great viewing on court TV, but does Dan Rashbaum 
And I think I asked him about that, and he said he's going to keep her in check. But is that something they have to be concerned about? She's got that New York dude. I was sitting right behind her, the first row of the gallery, when mm. she was there at her defense table. And I was pretty shocked that someone who had been through what we read in that motion about all of the terrible conditions she was in in jail had no problem really trying to take the reins of how that hearing was going. She was speaking up when a jail captain was at the podium and it was even louder than you can hear on the video in the courtroom. It was clearly someone speaking out of turn, but it didn't phase her one bit. So I, I can't imagine that even an attorney that she trusts as much as she clearly trusts Rash Brown. I, I don't know if she's going to be able to contain herself. I think she's very much um, a woman who has been in control her whole life and she's not going to stop. Uh, Jared, you want to add to that? Um, you, did you ever meet Donna, by the way, Jared? Yeah, I, um, when, look Wendy at this, by the Danny, way, shout out to the generalized anxiety community. <laughs> Thank you for that. Go ahead. Nice. Uh, when Wendy and Danny had a, uh, function at their, their house on Trescott, um, my wife and I went, uh, we went to a few, uh, functions at their house, but, uh, I remember her parents, Wendy's parents were in town and, uh, we met them briefly, but I don't know them well at all. Um, obviously, I knew Wendy the best out of any of them. Um, Jared, do you worry, Jared? You seem like a very level-headed guy for a, a Jersey-raised uh, young man. Are you a worrier? Who worries more, you or your wife? Probably my wife. Really? I, you know, I... Look, I'm in a job where I get told no 90% of the time. Um, you know, when, when you're a lobbyist, you hear no a lot more than you hear yes. So I, I tend to, you know, control what I can control. That's a very smart way to do it. Almost way too rational for me. Uh, Jared <laughs> Ross is a high school acquaintance of Charlie Adelson, graduated with him in 1995, a longtime friend of both Danny Markell and Wendy Adelson, although they are no longer facebook friends and he hasn't talked to wendy jared is a two-time graduate of florida state university he's got his law degree as well and uh, lives in tallahassee with his uh attorney wife and he's the lobbyist um let's ask this will be the final question for everyone joel can you please ask jared if they believe that there's enough circumstantial evidence to convict wendy i do although still hopeful that georgia has more if the buck stopped today do, by the way, shout out to Wesley John Holmes and Aussie in Tokyo congratulating us on our 100,000. Good to see you, Wesley John Holmes. Uh, go ahead, uh, Jared. What, what about enough evidence right now, do you think, to indict her? I think there probably is enough evidence um, when you look at the totality of the circumstances. You look at the fact that she texted Danny uh, to find out that he was going to be in town. Um, there's just so much out there that the the fact that she talked to charlie for you know what was it 13 minutes or something that morning i can't remember exactly look i think the only person out here uh in this world that believes that that the whole family is innocent but certainly believes that wendy is innocent is crazy dr ben graber who's probably watching and listening right now um Everyone knows that there's there's evidence out there, and it's just a matter of whether or not Georgia and Jack feel that they can, beyond a reasonable doubt, get a conviction at this point. 
Julia Janae, she is a legal correspondent for Court TV. She knows how to handle Vinnie Politan, three-time Emmy Award winner, and uh, has all the poise in the world and breaks down complicated legal stories with ease. Uh, this question uh, piqued my interest. I'll throw it to you to close out, Julia, uh, from Karen Worrell. In my opinion, Donna's defense is going to be one of ignorance. Uh, Donna only knows what Charlie told her, which explains most evidence, including the post wiretap phone panel. What evidence contradicts this? Um, do you think that that's going to be a big part of Dan Rashbaum, that uh, he's going to say that there was this extortion theory, but Charlie was only only letting her in on one side of this and she did not know the full extent of it? Yes, but. Charlie got on the stand and said there was one point where he had to tell his mother everything and said, don't tell dad. So we'll see how much of that, again, hamstrings come into a certain amount of information that she did have. But I agree that uh, ignorance will be her best strategy of just not knowing anything that was going on and not being part of it at the beginning. And do you, Julia, do you think that uh, if I put you on the spot, do you think Harvey is complicit in this as well? We talked about Wendy, but what about Harvey? That's a really tough one. I think because um, he did say it that way, meaning Charlie Adelson on the stand saying he told his mother not to tell his dad. I don't know if that's just part of them trying to protect each other and realizing the mom, there is re there are receipts for her involvement. But I think Harvey was working. He was running that dental practice and trusted his wife to take care of the office. And his son wasn't even there in the office with him anymore. So I think it's a possibility that maybe because of his age, they kept him out of the loop. Uh, the dental hygienist is back saying to everyone that uh, Charlie never owned the office in all caps. So uh, there you go. Uh, she would know. Uh, Dr. Melissa Hamilton, five initials after her name, JD, PhD, and she's a CO, former corrections officer. So that's seven letters. A professor of law and criminal justice at University of Surrey School of Law, holding both a JD and a PhD. Uh, this last question from Abby Crossing. Any theories that we are looking at September because of new discovery following the search warrants on Donna's and Harvey's devices, iPhone, iPad, laptops? Is that a possibility that there is, look at this, Adelson crime family falling one, one by one? But is it because of potential discovery uh, that they are pushing this to September? Do you think, Dr. Hamilton, and your final thoughts, please? Uh, no evidence, um, because that would suggest it takes time for them to pull what's on those devices. Um, and I haven't heard any evidence that uh, the devices were specially locked or that they had used, you know, special encryption that was, you know, more difficult to uncover. So, I'm, yeah, just I'm not seeing any evidence of that quite yet. Um, but we also don't have you know, um, a lot of information about what has been found on those phones. So it's possible that um, maybe there's evidence that leads to them wanting to investigate additional leads. Um, yeah, just speculation at this point. Um, in terms of Harvey, um, he's a smart man and this seems to be a close-knit family. So it's always been hard for me to believe that he's been entirely ignorant of all their machinations. Um, but maybe we can, you know, maybe his involvement has been different in terms of before the murder versus after the murder. Um, afterwards, you know, he's been on the phone calls or been listening, as you've indicated, to Donna talking to Charlie in prison. 
So there's a lot he's been hearing and he has not come forward to say, you know, I need to stand up for, you know, criminal justice. So uh, there is possibly, even if he wasn't involved beforehand, maybe accessory after the fact, possibly, um, but entire ignorance, I don't quite buy into that. Uh, well, listen, I always say it's not just a tagline. These are the best guests in all of true crime. Look at Phantom 6000, my friend Sam out in California, throwing my 10 bucks in for flowers for the COE, pressuring me. I'll have to match that for sure, if not quintuple that or something. Who's with me? Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Love you, America. Love you, the UK. Love you, England. Love you, everyone all around the world. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.